Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Like having a plan for it. Right. You know? right. Now, I'm, now it's going to the point. I'm outside. Only got $20, but I'm trying to get drunk. <laughs> And I'm still going outside? Like, bro, like, and I'm outside, now I'm drunk, and I'm a bum. Like, where I'm, where I'm about to go? Like, what are we doing now? Like, I'm. Welcome back to the podcast. I started this podcast as a way to help black men in all aspects of our lives. Studies show on average we lose 2.8 years of our life when we're under heavy stress. And I think we can gain those 2.8 years back if we express ourselves healthily. Stick with me as I interview therapists, doctors, advocates, activists, and friends about how we can be better as black men and as a black community. If you're not subscribed to us on YouTube and following us on Instagram and TikTok, you'll definitely want to do that. Without further ado, let's get into the episode. Woo! Listen, man. We got it. We got it. This is a special episode, bro. This is an absolutely special episode. People don't even know. People don't even know who you are. Yeah, they don't, but they, they don't. They, 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 but they're going to. They're going to find out today. <laughs> <laughs> nah, yo, I'm, with, I'm here with my brother, my blood brother. Not just my breed. Some of y'all be calling people brothers. That's not your actual brother, and I get it. But this is my blood brother. Uh, you go by Mellow Mills, Six Mill, mm-hmm. Millie. It's a lot of different names, but we call you Kwame. Kwame, yeah. Right? We call you Kwame in that's the house. That's family right? name. Yeah, that's a family name. Um, a lot of people call me Kizzle, but that's not my actual name. Kofi's my name, right? So Kofi mm-hmm. and Kwame. Yeah. Can you tell people where that's from? Well, it's from Ghana. Oh, man. <laughs> it's from Ghana. It's from where we were from. Mm-hmm. You know, I always ask my father, like, you know, because we have our put birthdays. The, put, are, bring the mic closer to you. Yeah. Our birthdays are really close to each other. Mm-hmm. So my birthday was the 26th. Yours was the 27th. Oh, then, you know, December. Mm-hmm. You know, Christmas was before that. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we had to share birthdays on the same day. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, <laughs> if it was rough, they might forget who's, what day they, whose birthday was. So mm-hmm. they might do my birthday two years in a row, your birthday two years in a row. Mm-hmm. And then it was just yeah. like... Just for context, so people understand, right? Mm-hmm. So it's December 25th. It's obviously Christmas. Mm-hmm. You're on the 26th of December. I'm on the 27th. Yeah. So just so people understand, what, what, what Kwame's talking about is when we were growing up, we would basically celebrate our birthdays on the same day. Yep. You know what I'm saying? So like we would pick one day and we would have one celebration. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, you know what? We ain't going to do this twice. That's it. We ain't doing this twice. We picking one day. We have one celebration. I should have known from then we was poor, but I didn't know. You know what I'm saying? I still yep. thought like, ah, you know, my parents just being smart. Nah, we was dead poor, bro. Yeah. Growing up, like actually having conversations with mommy and daddy now, like I realized like, yo, 
we was actually, we was broke yeah. growing up. That's why we did that a lot of times. And mm -hmm. so what you're alluding to is the fact that some years they would forget, like, what did we do last year? Did we celebrate it on Kofi's birthday or Kwame's birthday? F it, we just gonna choose Kwame. Yeah, because at the end of the day, they knew they was gonna do the same thing regardless of which day it was. It don't matter. We yeah, gonna have one celebration. It don't matter, right? You know what I'm saying? But yeah. Nah, man. But, but now, listen, bro. Man, I want, first of all, this is a special episode to me because I haven't had anybody from the family on the podcast. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, most people don't even know. Like, mommy and dad really don't know. They know the ex they know kind of what I do. They know, like, there's people that, that follow the platform and there's a lot yeah. of people and all that kind of stuff. They, they never really, know how really deep, they don't, how you know deep what I'm it saying? is. They don't, really know? Know how, they don't really know how deep it is. But you kind of have an understanding. I do. You know what I'm saying? You have an understanding of it. You see the content from time to time. You know, you don't really be liking it, interacting with it, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, you, know, I mean, you, you know, you see it though, yeah. right? So I it's 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 uh I wanted to get you on because I definitely feel like we can have a real a real good conversation. Yeah, you know about a bunch of stuff that we already talk about in the house all the time. So yeah, you know, you're yeah. my brother, so I don't gotta come up here and be nervous and uh, yeah, yeah, right. It's a that. genuine conversation, bro. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man. So I think um I wanna get the conversation started with one of the things that you really talk to me about the most, right? Mm -hmm. Um is having a deal with being compared to me. Yeah. Can you take me through what that experience was like for you growing up? Because you're my younger... First of all, people don't know this. Some people think you may think you're my older brother. So I'm yeah. just going to get that out the way. He's stocky, but he's not my older brother. He's my younger brother. This is this little bro right here. Little yeah. bro about two years. So take me take me through what it's been like for you being compared to me. Little big up. bro. Little big bro. Not for real. You really little big bro. <laughs> but no, nah, um, it was tough. Only because, you know, this, and I don't want this to come off as hate. Nah, say what you gotta say. But bro. it was, okay. you was always doing so well. <laughs> like, <laughs> he was always doing so well. So it's like, my parents, I feel like my mom and mommy and daddy would look at you and be like, damn, this kid's great. And then they look at me, and then we had the resemblance. Mm -hmm. So it was like, yo, why he not doing this good? Or why he not stuck in his books like the way you were and stuff like that mm -hmm. and you know it wasn't that I wasn't smart it was also it also came down to me like applying myself at times mm -hmm. but you know it was, it was hard sometimes here like yeah Kofi did this or you know your sister did this when you're not doing the same thing or you know that you could be doing better because mm -hmm. I already like put the pressure on myself to be like better than I was mm -hmm. and you know hearing it from them on top of that it like it made me feel bad like it made me feel like I wasn't doing enough or I wasn't good enough at times, you know? So mm. I, we did that. We definitely had the conversation a bunch of times where I told them, you know, like, I don't want to be compared. You know, I'm my own man. I'm going to have, I'm going to make my own mistakes and stuff like that, you know? But, you know, it was how tough. You, how do you feel like, how do you feel like those conversations go? <laughs> those conversations never went well. I mean, I, you know, our parents, you know, they, they're the people that you got to be ready to, you got to be ready to, you got to have your points laid out. <laughs> why, why you want to do this? How you want to do it? Yeah, yeah. You know, like if you, if you're not ready to do that with them, then don't even come there with the plan. Cause nah, facts. you, you just out of there. Yeah. They always wanted us to be well prepared for any type of conversation. And a lot of times yeah. I wasn't well prepared and I was not ready for the rebuttal. So the rebuttal would hit and I just get mad and I'm just sulky. <laughs> I'm just soaking now. Cause it's like, uh, I'm like, I don't even want to talk about this no more. I'm not going to get what I want. Nah, it's done. Like, nah, you know, facts. Yeah. and a bunch of times you told me like, yo bro, if you want to get this and that from them you gotta you know you gotta do this you gotta do that you gotta talk to them like this and like you see when i when i wanted to get my car they wasn't trying to let me get my car but i came to them with a plan you know i did what i had to do mm. and a lot of times 
I, I always admired you and your worth ethic, but you know, like the comparisons made me like build resent sometimes, you know? Mm. And I was trying to like, you I never, didn't want so that. You never told me that, I didn't, bro. I just gotta wow. say some stuff for the pod, bro. Damn. Gotta say some stuff for the pod, bro. You've never told me that, bro. I never had to, I never did, because it's like, nah, you know. that's crazy. It's Not like, crazy, but nah, I get what you're yeah, saying, though. Yeah. It was like a lot of times that, that was the feeling that was going through, going through my mind, like, damn, like, why can't I be this good? Like, I hate this nigga. nigga. <laughs> <laughs> I hate this nigga. Like. <laughs> nah, facts. Nah, yeah. when I really sit down and I put myself in your shoes, I'll be like, yo, fuck me too. Yeah, bro. Nah, that's wild, bro. I never really thought I never really thought about that like that, bro. Because you know, I, what would happen is like I would go to college, I'll come back, and I'll be like, yo, bro, you could you like, yo, bro, I really what I always tell you, bro. But you could do it too. Basically. Nah, but what do I say on top of that though? I be and you like, yo, bro, stop saying that, bro. Oh, I'm smarter than you, yeah. Bro, I tell you that you all, the time, all the time, bro. Yeah. I be like, yo, bro, you smarter than me, bro, for real. Yeah. And you be like, bro, stop saying that, bro. You just trying to encourage me. Da, da, da. Like, Look what you doing, like, bro. Bro, like, <laughs> bro, if I'm telling you, I'm you're smarter than me. And look at what I'm doing. That should take. That should make you think. What could I be doing? You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like that's legit. That's not the reason why I tell you that. The reason why I tell you that is because I actually do believe it, bro. I believe a lot of people are smarter than me. I think. I, I think I just stick with things longer than most people, and I think that's where I get people. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's taken me a lot of episodes for me to get good at podcasting. There's certain people that listen to podcasts and think it was good when it first was going on, but it really wasn't that good, bro. It's taking yeah. me a lot of episodes to get to this point. There's other people that would pick it up quickly. Technically, they're smarter, right? You know yeah. what I'm saying? So, like, in my opinion, I just stick with things longer than people, bro. Mm-hmm. But I've seen you, and with certain things, bro, you pick shit up quick if you want to. Nigga, you're already making beats. Like, when you first started, you was, you, was, you know what I'm saying? You wasn't yeah, was that shaky. great. You was, you know what I'm saying? But now yeah. you're literally making beats. And the reason why I say that is because I'm like, I see you in certain, in, in different things. I'm like, bro, when you really apply yourself, you pick things up quickly. Yeah, that's true. You get what I'm saying? So, like, that's why I say what I say, bro. But nah, like, I, I really never thought about the fact that, like, the constant comparisons could, like, tarnish the relationship that we have mm-hmm. a little bit. Because, like, you getting compared to me and you seeing what I'm doing and you not really necessarily feel, you don't feel like you're necessarily living up to that. And it's 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 bothering you. Yep. So, let me, let me let's just get this, let's get, it out, let's get this out the way, bro. Do you feel like, because we've had this conversation too, mm-hmm. but I just want you to kind of elaborate on Do you feel like you're the, the black sheep for the family? You feel like you're the outcast of the family? I feel like, uh, some. I used to feel like that. And, mm-hmm. you know, through this past month, you know, we I've been going through a lot, which we'll get into, mm-hmm. of course. Mm-hmm. I don't want to, like, give too much on that yet. But I've got a lot of time to think about, like, if I'm the outcast, if I'm the black sheep, mm-hmm. I always, I always try to point the. F- I'm trying now because we had a lot of conversations about acknowledgement mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So I'm trying now to point the finger at myself mm-hmm. before I point it anywhere else. You know, trying to take personal accountability. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. but there's definitely things that I can say definitely made me feel like I was outcasted. So I want to say yeah. Okay. But I want to say it comes from like the like everybody else that they've raised already you know mm. from Alex to McCullough mm. to you it's mm. like the culmination of those experiences is like they probably just don't want the same thing to happen to me that happened to you know yeah and it's like i got to understand their their parenting style but at yeah. the same time 
they got to understand like how to teach me, mm. how to teach me things. Mm-hmm. And you know, mm-hmm. I, I thought that's what a disconnect was. A bunch of times you used to talk to me about communication and I just was kind of shut off. Mm. I was definitely shut off. And you know, things could have happened differently. Like if I would have just opened up and spoke, you know, mm. and I'm why in hindsight. Did, why didn't you open up and speak though? I never felt comfortable speaking. Mm. I don't know. Like, I know I tried to get over that, but it's just like, you know, I just never felt like the conversation would get anywhere. It's just like, you know, they, I felt like they had a set path for me. You know, mm-hmm. it's, this is what you should be doing. But, and if this is not what you're doing, and if you're not applying yourself in this, at least the way you're applying yourself in that, then it's like, you know, they, I, I didn't really feel like I had their full support of what I was trying to do. You know, mm. so nah, I feel you. That's where I the outcasting you. came in, right? So, and we and we've talked about that, right? Because what yeah. will end up happening is like, I would talk to mommy and daddy, mm-hmm. and I'm like, I'm hearing things from them that I'm trying to relay it to you, but also trying to get you to talk to them. Yep, you get what I'm saying? I'm like, bro, like you got to have conversations with them. This is what you need to. This is what you need to do. This is how you have to break things down to them. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I, and that's why you mentioned the car situation. I would always bring that up with you because mm-hmm. that was a real point and my relationship with them where I met a lot of resistance. You know what I'm saying? So I'm in college and I'm trying to figure things out. <laughs> I'm trying to figure things out with the car situation, mm-hmm. right? And I'm talking to them about, yo, I want to get a car and I'm going to save up this amount of money. And they're like, nah, don't get a car yet. And I'm like, nigga, I can't keep doing this the way I'm doing it. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, And they're like, nah, you, you good. And I'm like, nah, I'm not good. Yeah, you know I, what I'm I saying? See. Like, I gotta, but with Caribbean parents, I seen a thread Whereas, like, with Caribbean parents, you got to really... I think you told me it. Mm-hmm. You were like, you got to take it. Yeah. You know, you got to take it. You can't even ask. You got to really come in like, nah, this is happening. Certain and that's things. what I did. I literally had to go into the room one day. I'm like, yo, bro, I got 5000 saved up. I'm going to get a car. Y'all can either help me or not. They got dressed so quick. They got dressed so quick, bro. We figured it out. We went to go get a car, bro. You know what I'm saying? So, like, with them, always try to communicate with you. Like, you got to really... Go in there and have your your things laid out, um, but also I don't feel like it always has it should always have to be that way though mm-hmm. because that can create a lot of stress for you because you're you're a child you're going through you're figuring things out you know what I'm saying like mm-hmm. yes you're older now but you're still their child you're still figuring things out like that's part of the point of having a conversation with them but like you said if they already have their mindset on a certain path and you don't have the path that you that you want all the way laid out for them it may be just like man fuck what you trying to do like you just we know time. we yeah you wasting time we already know what you can be doing because we already laid out a path for you yep and that that's where the like the inflexibility can become a problem and it could create a lot of friction so i can understand why you wouldn't feel comfortable opening up to them when the thought process is i already have to have my whole path laid out and i don't really have that yet you get what i'm saying yeah Mm. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I'm learning. I'm learning about you, bro. No, I thought. Yeah, I thought, yeah. I'm learning. Yeah. I'm learning little things. I'm learning something about you, bro. I'm learning some things about you, bro. bro I'm definitely I, getting I some more insight. It's, it's been a spiritual trip, bro. Like, really, it's, it's been a lot Take of me like. Through that. It was just like you know, it was just a lot of like last month. I was just doing a lot of self reflection, like because mm. you know I had. Uh, you know, I moved out the house, of course. Mm-hmm. We're going to say it like that for now. We're going to say it like that for now. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I was living with my friend. I didn't really know I was going to stay. I didn't really have the support of the people that I thought I would have. Mm-hmm. You know, there was times where I really didn't have any money. And mm-hmm. it was just, I was just like, uh, I'm still outside. I'm not even able to enjoy myself outside because it's like, I don't even know how I'm going to get back home. Mm. It's like, you, I just started you, thinking like, yo, this is, this is, 
these are the decisions that they were trying to prepare me for, like before I got here. Mm-hmm. You know, like just being being prepared. Right. You know, that yeah. all goes back to even the conversations that we were having. Like, right. you know, being ready to have those type of conversations. And if I wanted to get something, like having a plan for it. Right. You know? right. Now I'm now it's going to the point I'm outside, only got twenty dollars, <laughs> but I'm trying to get drunk. <laughs> And I'm still going outside? Like, bro, like, and I'm outside, now I'm drunk, and I'm a bum. Like, where I'm, where I'm about to go? Like, what are we doing now? Like, I'm I'm on the train, bro. I don't even, my phone dead. Like, I don't even know I'm about to get back to the crib. And I just started feeling real uncomfortable with myself and real uncomfortable with the position that I was in. Mm. And I'm seeing people around me win. Like, I see I see two, three win every day. I see Cade win every day. Mm-hmm. You know, I see I see Ja win. I see everybody win. Mm-hmm. And it's just like I want to win too. And mm-hmm. then, you know, it's a big year for everybody. So it's like, I just want to pull my own weight. I just mm-hmm. want to make sure, like, you know, if everybody's doing great, I gotta make sure I'm doing great too. Cause mm-hmm. if you're around like, you know, they always say if you're around 10 broke people, you probably be number 11. Or you're around nine broke people, you probably be number 11. But I'm not around nine broke people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm surrounded by winners. Right. So I'm just trying to add to that, you know. Right, right, I'm right. learning from them every day. So right, man. First of all, I applaud you on 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 a on a vulnerability talking about that. But also, I applaud you on the the lessons that you took from the self reflection and the introspection. Because you could have went in a different direction. You could have just been like, "Man, this ain't even my fault. I, I wouldn't even have been here if it wasn't for this." And we're gonna get into that for real, for real. Mm-hmm. Um, you could have went that route. You could have placed blame. You know what I'm saying? Instead of taking personal accountability. And that's what we see a lot, a lot of the times is like social media people, um, you go through something and you you place blame on the situation rather than you understanding why you were ever, ever even in that situation in the first place. What did I do to end up here? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And that's where the true growth actually happens, right? Is understanding what did I do to end up here? But also to your point, like the people around you winning, that's great. Um, but don't, put too much pressure on yourself. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like to the point where you feel like you have to perform. And if you don't perform, you're not going to be loved and accepted in your circle. You know what I'm saying? Like don't put that pressure, don't put too much pressure on yourself. Use what you see around you as inspiration, but don't allow it to make you depressed because you're not there. That makes sense? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, bro, don't, because we all got seasons. That's one thing I tell my friends all the time. Everybody see what I'm doing. I'm in my season right now. You know what I'm saying? I had a season where I was, things was not working out for me. You know what happened with an AKB mm-hmm. when I first started it. I did not even get anywhere remotely close to what I'm doing with Express Yourself Black Man. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I was in a season of just figuring things out. But throughout that, I had to understand like, okay, this is the season I'm in. Other people may be winning. And at some point in time, it's going to be my season to win. And until then, I'm just going to keep working. You know what I'm saying? So you have to embody that mindset. One thing you talked about, you said you moved out. You mm-hmm. actually got mad at me because I used to tell you, oh, I was like, yo, so you, I know you, how you dealing with the transition, right? I'll tell you transition. Mm-hmm. One day we had the conversation. You're like, bro, stop calling it a transition. <laughs> I'm like, damn, my bad, bro. My bad, bro. He's like, yo, call it what it is. Why are everybody so scared to say what happened? I'm like, bro, my bad. And you're like, yo, bro, I got kicked out. Yeah. <laughs> now that's the, and that's the reality of it. Yep. You did get kicked out, right? So I wanted to honor that. Um, I, wanted, I want you to take me through that process. Right, because I know for a lot of people, they like, what the hell? They hearing kicked out mm-hmm. right now for the first time. They're trying to figure out what, how the hell did that? Even, how are we even having this conversation? He got kicked out. When people think about getting kicked out, they think like, you hate the family. The family hates you. Yep. You know what? You know you get what I'm saying. So take me through that process, like the emotions that you felt 
going through that and then like what it's done for you as an individual and like where you are now. So this is going to be definitely take lengthy. Take your time. Take your time. Because mm-hmm. I can't talk about getting kicked out without talking about like how we got there. Right. You know? Right. Like, so <sighs> I made a bunch of mistakes, you know? Mm-hmm. Once I'm going to start with that. Uh, we got sent off. I got sent off to Cobra Skill. What a lot of people don't know is um, I had asked mommy and daddy, mm-hmm. like, if I could take a year off. Because oh, mentally really? I felt like I wasn't ready. Mm-hmm. So I asked him, is there like any chance? Like it wasn't a deep conversation mm-hmm. because they shut it off so quickly. You know, that's why it's like, but I had asked, like, you know, can I not go to college for a year? Mm-hmm. You know, this was before you went to Cobra This is before I went to Cobra Skill. Okay. Yeah. And for context, Cobra Skill is a college in yeah. New York. Okay. SUNY Cobra Skill. Yeah. Uh, of course, no. Uh, I went straight into school. I felt like I wasn't going to make the right decisions off the bat. I didn't make the right decisions until back at home. I went to QCC for a little bit. And I was told, you know, if, if you don't go to school here, like, you're going to, if you don't go to school, you're going to get kicked out. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that instilled a fear in my mind. And I ended up not going to school at QCC because I felt like it wasn't, it wasn't doing anything for me, like what I was learning there. Like mm-hmm. it wasn't nothing that I was interested in. When, I, when I'm not interested in something, it's really, really hard for me to pay attention. Mm-hmm. You know, so I just wasn't paying attention. So eventually I just stopped going, okay. dropped out. And now I've been out of school for a while now. Mm-hmm. And I'm playing it off as if I am going to school. Mm-hmm. So How are you doing that? I was just leaving. I was just leaving for, for a few hours during the day. Like <laughs> the, days I'm, the times I'm supposed to be at class. Mm-hmm. But I'm not in class. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I'm probably in my friend crib. I'm probably at the studio. Okay. I'm doing stuff that's not, I'm not education. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. You know? right. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So uh, it was a lot of lies, a lot of deceit. It went mm-hmm. as far as me... Uh, making a fake, getting a fake report card one time or a fake Word? transcript. Yeah, I, I copped a fake transcript. I did not know you did that. I was really, I was really petrified of like what could happen if they found out that I wasn't going to school because I knew at that time I was not ready to be living on my own. Mm. So I was just doing whatever I could to not, to not like, for them to not find out. You also, are, let's basically operate in survival mode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, I want to go back to when we were younger. Um, when I used to get, I got in trouble before. Mm-hmm. And then my, you know, daddy was always like holding Africa over our heads. At that time, it was like, it was like a punishment. Not our heads, it was your oh, head. Oh, my head, yeah. <laughs> my bad. I wasn't, I wasn't going to Ghana. My bad. And you was going yeah, to Ghana. Yeah, I used to get phone calls home and stuff like that. And you'd be like, yo, we're going to send you to Ghana, <laughs> blah, blah. You're going you're gonna to take, you're, gonna, you're taking all this stuff for granted. Like, watch when you go to the toilet out there. You're, gonna, you're never going to take a toilet out here for granted again. I'm like, a toilet? Wow. <laughs> like, you know? I I just I just go use the bathroom. I'm not thinking about like how clean it is, nothing like that. So you right. know that scared me from young. That's something that stuck with me. Just that one, you know, that small thing. Mm-hmm. It I'm wasn't a small about thing, that. though. To me, it wasn't. Not you know. This is the reason. The reason why I'm saying it's not a small thing, and I want you to remember your thought. Remember mm-hmm. your thought. The reason why I'm saying it's not a small thing is because Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. 
No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Bro, that was, that was something that was mentioned a lot for you. Mm-hmm. A lot. Because they got to a point where they didn't know what to do anymore. They was beating you. They was yelling at you. They would talk to you, take you out, whatever the case may be. And they all that stuff wasn't working. You were still getting calls home. You were still... It was still a lot of misbehaving in school. So mm-hmm. at a point, they were like, yo, bro, we can't deal with this no more. We're going to send you to Ghana. And that was an actual thought that they had. Yep. But then what ended up happening was they didn't really do that, but it became like a uh, uh, like a, a, a fair tactic that they used. Mm-hmm. So it's not a small thing because they mentioned it multiple times. It's something yeah. that's going to make you scared as a child. You feel like you, you're you going to lose the home that you have, your safety. Yep. So, you know, it definitely scared me. Now, fast forward back to school. Now I'm in school. Whatever, I'm not. I'm out of school. Now it's COVID time. And, you know, this was the time to be in, in class because everybody was graduating with ease, mm-hmm. cheating, whatever the case may be. So mm-hmm. I'm like, damn. And also, this is around the time I'm supposed to graduate. So I know I can't lie anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, so I just had to come clean. Like, yo, I'm not in school anymore. Mm-hmm. And then now they're really pushing the issue. Like, yo, you got to get back in school. You know, my girl's telling me, or my ex-girlfriend now is telling me that I have to, she wanted me back in school as well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that all played a part in it. I told them I was, I always told them that I was, I would go back and then I ended up never going back. And, you know, I thought, I really feel like that's what really sent them over the edge. Mm. And, you know, me not, just not being like, you know, a hundred percent transparent with that. Mm-hmm. You know, that also, that, that ends up leading to now we in this year. And they're telling me at the top of the year that I got to be out of here by next year. When I'm thinking next year, I plan really for like March, mm-hmm. April, like mm-hmm. now, mm-hmm. you know? So it got to September. My father's like, you got to be out of here by January. And I know like, damn, I'm not going to be ready by January. But I went to my father, like, went to daddy, maybe like two days later. No, not two days, maybe a week later. And I was like, you know, I don't think I'm going to be ready to leave here in January. I think mm-hmm. I'm going to need to like, maybe like February, like or late January. Mm-hmm. You know, he really didn't he really didn't say yeah or no. So I wasn't really in the clear on that, but I just took it as I just took it for granted. Like, mm-hmm. You know, I was just like, yo, I'm just gonna stay. He's not gonna really tell me to dip. Like, this is my dad. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> he not that, he not like that. Mm-hmm. You know, and I tested his gangster. <laughs> so hey, hey, he, you know, he, ver- he verified it. He verified it. He verified it. He said, it's my shit, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> you gonna go. <laughs> you gonna go. And that's what it was. You came, they came up to me. It's funny. It was two days after my birthday. So it's a lot like and oh, I had word? a great birthday. It was December 28th. As soon as they came back, you know, Junior passed. They was in Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, they came back. It was literally January, December 28th. He's mm-hmm. like, yo, you know. We got to be out of here by next, by January, January 1st. You know, at that time, I was really heavy for me, you know. Made me tear up, you know. I went through my emotions and stuff like that. And then the first thing I told myself was, just don't take this personal. You know, just do what you got to do. Figure out what you got to figure out. You know, next month may be challenging, but just understand that this is coming from a place of good, not a place of evil, you know. Mm-hmm. And then no matter who you tell, they're going to judge your parents and they're going to say, like, they're the bad guys. As much as some of that may be true, you got to try and come out of this positive and not negative, you know? That's mm. what I just kept telling myself, mm. you know? So, 
Yeah, that's how that whole situation happened. It's easy to, like I said earlier, it's easy to just be like, yo, it's their fault, they're evil. Like, mm -hmm. but it's hard to just be like, maybe I could have did this differently or I can take accountability for this and that. Like, mm -hmm. this is my fault. Mm -hmm. Like, you know? Do you feel like, do you feel like you needed to be kicked out? No. Okay. I don't feel like I needed to be kicked out. Okay. But I get why. You get why. Why? Yeah. Because, you know, even when I was in college, I never, I feel like college was more like a, it wasn't like a test of like how smart, smart you are, but it's mm -hmm. more like, more of like how much you can endure, like how much you're willing to like put okay. up with and stuff like that. And okay. I didn't really, and it, decision making, mm -hmm. you know, I didn't do well in college. Like I didn't do well in college. And I feel like they needed to teach me that independence a different way. And mm -hmm. they didn't know how to do that. The mm -hmm. only way they knew how was to tell me, you know, get out. Yeah. So that's what they did. Okay. So it expedited it. Of course, I'm going to say eventually I would have learned. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but, you know, to them, that may not be true. And mm -hmm. that may not be true even if I say it. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm just saying it because it's me. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, that may not be true. So it's like everything happens for a reason. I just tell myself, I'm just telling myself that. I'm just also, I feel like everybody's in a better headspace. You know, do you feel like you're in a better headspace? Yes, being got, kicked out. Yeah, because like I said, a lot of times I'll be at home and I'll feel like I just feel weird. Weird it's, how? It's just like, why am I like? Do they? Am I living with these? Am, is this my family or am I living with these people? Mm, break that down to me. It's like, of course, I can come to your door and talk to you when I'm talking to you, but I, I didn't feel as open with going downstairs and you know just chopping it up with daddy or chopping it up with mommy. Mm. Like it was just, it was a lot different. A lot of the times, the only thing like me and Daddy would talk about would be like Knicks games. And then if we're not talking about Knicks games, I feel like the only thing we'd be talking about is like, what am I doing now? Or where am I going now? So that made it hard to have conversations because I knew there was expectations of what they wanted me to say, basically. Like, I knew they want me to talk about this. I know they want me to talk about that. And like, I feel like every time I didn't talk about that, it just made the, it made the next conversation even more uneasy. Mm. You get what I'm trying to say? That's okay. I get I get where you're coming from. Do you feel like you gave yourself enough? You you gave it enough. You gave yourself enough opportunities to have conversations with them, though, like in the house. No. Because, okay. I okay. didn't try. Okay. I didn't try a lot. I maybe okay. tried like once or twice. Mm -hmm. Didn't get the results I, I wanted. And I then, just I just backed off. And, and you know, off. okay. It wasn't only you telling me. Mm -hmm. You know, daddy when. When me and my ex were together and stuff like that, you mm -hmm. know, he would he would be in her ear telling her like, "You, Kwame's so smart, and you know, he should be doing this and he should be doing that." Mm -hmm. And eventually, she started telling me like, "Yo, you should do this and you should do that." Mm -hmm. You know, it was a bunch of y'all. So you feel like? Do you feel like? It was overwhelming. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It definitely was overwhelming. Okay. Cause it's like, you know, she's kind of supposed to be in my corner. Right. You know, kind of supposed. She got polluted. To... I feel that's how I felt. You know, I've had nah, that. I get where you're coming from. Yeah. I've had I that conversation with her. You know, mm. she she said, nah, that's what I wanted. You know, but of course that's what you're going to say. Mm. You know, so I definitely felt like, you know, there was a little bit of outside influence there. But at the same time, I know she wanted the best for me. So, you know, I don't want to, no slander. No, I know it's not yeah. slander. You're just speaking your truth. It's yeah. not slander. You ain't saying anything wrong. You're just speaking your truth. I can understand where you're coming from. If your pops is talking to, you, to your, well, your, your dang girlfriend, mm -hmm. And she's kind of reiterating some of the things that you're already hearing in a household. It's not you. I mean, you hearing these things so often, you can hear it when it comes from somebody else. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So you're speaking your truth. I understand that, and especially if it's coming from me, it's coming from her, it's coming from 
You know what I'm saying? Like that mm-hmm. can definitely feel overwhelming. Like you're in a box. I never thought about it that way. You know what I'm saying? I yeah. think a lot of times what will end up happening in the crib is like I would have conversations with them. And bro, when I tell you, bro, yo, <laughs> I tell you this all the time, bro. I tell them, if I told mommy and daddy right now, I made a million dollars. If I told them I made a million dollars in a month, they were like, oh my God, that is so great. How's Kwame? What's Kwame doing? <laughs> like, I'm telling you, bro, they don't give a fuck about my accomplishments anymore. Like, nigga, you good. Where is, what is our other child Kwame doing? Bro, I'm telling you, and I don't take that no way. I'm just letting you know that that's, that's how much they love and care about you, bro. Most of our conversations, at least when you were in the crib, would be about you. And there'll be a lot of frustration, a lot of anger, a lot of confusion. <laughs> but at the end of the day, all of that is there because they love and care about you and they want the best for you. Right? You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So they're sitting there, they're sitting there talking to me, trying to figure out ways in which we as a collective, as a family, as a village, as, as the support system that you have can get you to a point where you can sustain yourself. Yeah. And I think what ended up happening throughout that process, because this is not just an adulthood process that this has been. I've been having those kind of conversations with them since I was like, as for as long as I can kind of remember at this point, mm-hmm. from since I was almost like five. Not like in-depth conversations where we're talking through like your life and stuff, but since I was like six, seven, it would be like, yo, Kofi, go talk to Kwame and figure out ways in which you can kind of help him so that he doesn't make as much mistakes and misbehave in school. And so I feel like that put me in kind of like, we talked about this, right? Like, so in therapy, my therapist, like kind of put me onto this that I'm playing the, I was playing the dynamic and still am to a certain degree of a third parent to you. Yep. Instead of a big brother. So can you take me through that? You know what I'm saying? Cause I can take you through what I've learned, but I'd rather you take me through what you feel like that the dynamic has been. Yeah, like it was a lot of um when I started to think about it, I, I, like, and in their in your shoe, in your defense, it was basically like you know they're telling you go. You don't got to defend me. Fuck, fuck me. Just, just tell okay. me. Yeah, yeah. Don't, don't defend me. I'll defend right. me. Don't, don't worry about me. <laughs> don't even defend me. All right. Well, just tell, tell me, take me through how it made you feel. Mm-hmm. It made me feel like you were like my last, like, you know, person that I felt like I could. That was like besides Titus, of course. Mm-hmm. Titus was, was last, dog. Yeah. like real loyal person. Like yeah. I was like unbiased. Mm-hmm. You know, you're my brother. So mm-hmm. even if like the whole world's against me, including my parents, because your parents could be against you sometimes. Mm-hmm. Your brother, I felt like your brother's just supposed to be there. He's supposed to be a rock. Like yo, bro, you fucked up, but yo, mm-hmm. it's all love. Mm-hmm. I don't want to come back upstairs after hearing I fucked up thirty times mm-hmm. and possibly getting slapped. <laughs> Yo, most bro, why would gets, you do that? Most likely, like, yo, bro, slapped. why you did that? Like, and I'm, I did I'm that? getting, it's not, it's not, it's just me. <laughs> no, be honest, up. be honest, be honest. I don't yeah. know if you did that per se, but if I they were disappointed, you would be disappointed. Mm. And that's like, goddamn. Like, Come on, my nigga. Like, where am I supposed to go now? Right. And I, a lot of times, mm. I would really look to Titus. I was really, look to, <laughs> I'm serious, bro. I really looked to this. I really looked to Titus. So, I, you know, because I knew, I was like, all right, everybody hate me, but you don't hate me, bro. <laughs> you, don't, you don't hate me. You couldn't hate me, bro. Like, I'm rubbing the back of his ears and shit. <laughs> yeah. A lot of times I felt real, like, alone. Mm. I definitely felt alone in those times. That can be, yeah, I can, I can understand where you come from with that, bro. Um, because, yeah, you're looking, you're looking at me as like, all right, at least I got this support. 
you know what I'm saying? And like you have your sanctuary, which is your room. Mm-hmm. Like I always tell people this, like a child's home isn't the actual house. It's their, it's, it's their room, that's yeah. their home. You know what I'm saying? So when you come back to your sanctuary and I'm basically living in, I'm like, cause I'm, we, we had the same room, mm-hmm. we sharing rooms and I'm in there with you and I'm just reiterating the same stuff that you hearing downstairs. I'm giving you more lectures. It's just like, bro. Like I remember you got to a point you're like, bro, I don't want to, I don't want to hear no more lectures from you. You remember that? <laughs> what was that? You remember that? Before we were about to, before I left, a little bit before I left. You nah, talking about that time? Nah, I think that was actually when I got back, uh, like right around the pandemic time. You're like, bro, I don't want to hear no more lectures. It's either that or earlier. You're like, I don't want to hear no more lectures. I actually from can't you, bro. remember that. Well, well I remember that, that vividly because that's that pierced me. I ain't gonna lie. That pierced really? me. I was like, damn, this nigga don't want to hear from me no more. Shit. All right. But nah, because what I would, how I would communicate with you, you didn't, you didn't like that communication style. Mm. You know what I'm saying? It's like for certain people, they can deal with that. But for you, I feel like you don't like even anybody at a certain point in time is gonna become too much. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So for you, it was just like, yo, bro, it's becoming, I think it was, I think it was becoming too much for you. Like I was getting to a point where it's like we having conversations. And almost every other conversation or every conversation, I'm trying to figure out ways in which you can be better and giving you a lecture about things that you could have done better. You get what I'm saying? Like, so yeah. that, I feel like that's where you got to that point where you're like, yo, bro, come on, bro. Like, I'm not trying to hit this no more. And like, you have to be honest with me and tell me that. And I appreciate, I, like, I appreciate that now. Back then, I'm like, man, fuck this nigga. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? He <laughs> want to be better, fuck him. I'm going to go find some people that I could motivate and inspire this God gave me tight. But now I appreciate it. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. I understand where you come from. You also setting a boundary. You're setting a boundary in that moment. Yeah. Like, you're not going to communicate with me like this anymore. As much as you want better for me, like, I'm not taking this type of communication anymore. And I had to honor that. I never thought about it like that. Yeah, you set a boundary, bro. Like, truly. You set a boundary and I had to honor that, bro. And I had to stop thinking about it as like, yo, you want this, You, I want him to be better and he needs to be better and da-da-da-da-da. And start thinking about like, okay, how can I support him? The way that he wants to be supported, the way that you want to be supported. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like I really had to have those conversations with myself because I realized once my therapist had that conversation with me, she was like, yeah, you're a third parent to him. I was like, damn, bro. Like I really am a third parent. I'd be down there having a a conference meetings with with mommy and daddy Mm -hmm. and I come upstairs and you, you, execute. You, re, you relaying the information. You know what I'm saying? Execute the, the damn the damn play. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. And I didn't realize that that was the dynamic because I had been doing it for so long. And it started from when we was young, when you would get in trouble, they would talk to you, then they would talk to me to talk to you. So every year we doing that, like every time that's happening, we doing that, it, that just became what I thought being a big brother was. Mm-hmm. Is okay, your brother makes a mistake, you go and also discipline him, not necessarily beating you, but discipline in the sense that I'm giving you a lecture because my parents are telling me that this is what I need to be doing. Yep. Right. And I know this is what you were gonna say when you're talking about in your defense. Like this is, I know that's that's what you're gonna say. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, bro, that's that's how that, that dynamic happened. It wasn't like I woke up one day. I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna be a third parent because, like, nah. When we was growing up, like. We like we have a great relationship now. We also we've always had a good relationship. So it was always like, I feel like at first you were getting that support. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like at first you would get that support where something would happen, you would get in trouble, and I would come up and we would talk, or I'll be in a room and we would talk and we'll play, whatever the case may be. But then over time, I started to feel like 
if I don't say something, then he's gonna keep making mistakes. If he keeps making mistakes and gets in trouble, mom and daddy gonna be upset. Not even just upset at him, but also upset at me because I didn't do my job because they told me to go and talk to him. Mm -hmm. You get what I'm saying? It's not your job. But that's what I'm thinking as a child yeah. because this is the responsibility that they're giving me. You feel me? Yeah, I get that. Yeah, bro. So, so it's, it's like that was, it's, that was never your job, and I don't feel like that burden should have ever been placed on you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's interesting, bro. It's interesting if the fam, like the di different dynamics that that come out in, in in families. And this is not like I know people listen to this episode, and I don't want people to think, yo, yo, they got some what, crazy parent. Like, nah, like this is just parents just figuring shit out. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, you hate mommy and daddy. Like, be honest. No. Do you you feel like you got you you feel like you have a bad relationship with either of them? I don't think I have a bad relationship, but I do think it could be better. It of could course. be, of course, it could be better, yeah. right? But you're not out here like, yo, I hate my parents and I'm never going to talk to them again. No, you get what I'm saying exactly. But it took me some time again. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not going to say I wasn't. I was. I'm not going to say I wasn't doing my little ones and twos. You know, like <laughs> took me some time, man. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie to you. <laughs> nah, you know it's jokes, bro. <laughs> I literally forgot when you first when you first got kicked out, right? Mm -hmm. I forgot that. I remember you telling me we was having a conversation. You were like, "Bro, I'm not talking to them for for at least months, bro. I'm never. I'm not talking to them no more." I forgot <laughs> we had that conversation. Yeah. I told you I'm trying not to hate them. <laughs> that was the, I said in that quote. I'm trying not to hate him right now. <laughs> nah, I remember that, bro. That's why I told you from earlier. I was trying not to take yeah, it personally. Yeah, yeah. It took me some you time. Yeah, you did. But I mean, understandably so, bro. Yeah. Understandably so, bro. That's 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 tough. It was the lessons that I learned outside that made, that you made realize. me like, all right. What lessons did you learn? I want to ask you about that. Um, you gotta be there for yourself, number one. Mm. A lot of times I felt like I was overextending myself, maybe. I mm. feel like to other people, helping other people out, like, you know. And like I was going through something at a time and people were still calling me and telling me about their burdens and their issues. Mm -hmm. And I just didn't have the mental capacity to take on other people's problems. Mm -hmm. You know, this goes back to that time, you know, one of our friends was about to commit suicide. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And then I call, I woke you up, I thought, or you think you just did a podcast. Mm -hmm. Then you went and you 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 had words for him and stuff like that. We mm -hmm. sat down with him, we talked with him for a while. Mm -hmm. And then when you came back, when you came back home, you were crying that day. You're crying like that. And everybody doesn't know the behind the scenes, but it's like, mm -hmm. you know, you really take this shit to heart. Mm -hmm. So you were sitting there, you was crying that day, and it was just like, yo, bro, in order for me to heal these people, you know, I got to take on their problems. I got to put on, I got to put myself in their shoes, mm -hmm. you know, and try to experience what they're feeling, feel what they're feeling, so I could try and come up with a solution for it. And I never really thought about that. Mm -hmm. And that's how, that's how it was for me at that time, you know, when I'm going through something and people telling me what they're going through, mm -hmm. like, it's, it's, I'm already drained like, mm -hmm. and then you're already adding on to it. That's why I could comm I could commend you for what you do. It's hard, you know. Mm -hmm. It's hard, but yeah, I just didn't have, like. What was the question again? Nah, I just, I you answered it. You answered uh, it. What the lessons sure. that you learned? Yeah, you said the main thing that you learned is like uh, being there for myself. Being there yeah, for yourself. Okay, I'm just making sure. Also, well, like, so one of the, you just mentioned that story about uh, the suicide story. I've mm -hmm. I've never said that mention it to anybody, right? Mm -hmm. But since you brought it up, I remember what happened in that moment. I forgot that I cried after that. Mm -hmm. The reason why I cried after that is because it was a very, um, it's emotional talking mm -hmm. to somebody that's getting ready, that's ready to take their life. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Like mm -hmm. that's a big chunk 
of emotional capacity that you got to use, right? Like you got to, you got to, like anybody that's done it before understands where I'm coming from. Like you really have to, first of all, you have to get them to, 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 to get down. You get what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. they're at a real like heightened emotional state. So you got to kind of like make sure that you're leveled enough so that they're not continuing to go up. Yep. You know what I'm saying? So we get in the car with him and I, I want to have a conversation with him. But at first, I got to just sit with him. Remember, we didn't talk for a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can't just talk off rip. Sometimes you got to just sit there and just get the energy right yeah. before anything. And so I'm sitting with him, I'm sitting with him, I'm sitting with him. Then I finally, you know, you, you crack a couple of questions like, yo, bro, so like, what's up? You know what I'm saying? You mm-hmm. have to ax it in a certain tone so that you don't make it alarming so that they can come down and match your energy. Bro, but it takes a lot because you're sitting with a bunch of like energy, energy don't, it, it never dies. You're sitting mm-hmm. with a bunch of just like, for lack of better words, negative energy that this person is emitting that's gotten them to this real dark place. But you got to sit there with them as they like really process it and it's, it's going to affect you, mm-hmm. right? And it's a real emotional experience. And so when I got back home, like I had to, for me, I had to process because what had ended up happening was like, one, I'm getting triggered because I've had suicidal ideations before. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So I'm getting triggered. Then on top of that, I'm like, damn, this dude, if I wasn't here and we didn't have this conversation, this dude might have taken took his life. And I could have been hearing about this on social media. So mm-hmm. then I'm thinking about that reality. Then I'm also thinking about the fact that he didn't end up taking his life. But now there's a recovery on top of that. And all the things that we just talked about, all the problems that he's actually dealing with that led to him feeling like he needs to take his life. So at that point, I can't just go to sleep and be like, all right, we good. You know what I'm saying? Like, nah, yeah. bro, I got to process all of this, bro. I, and I had to cry it out. Because if I didn't cry it out, then I'm dealing with all of those toxins inside of my, inside of me, getting me to a point where I'm that dark. You know and, what I'm saying? Yeah, and, and another, I'm thing, down. another thing that you didn't mention was uh, you had said, um, you know, if I can't save my friends, then what am I even, what am I doing this for? Nah, facts. That's, yeah. that's a real thing that I yeah. feel, bro. If I'm doing all of this and the people that's around me, Mm-hmm. Are struggling. I feel like I failed, and I know people gonna say that. But people, people can say whatever they want to say, bro. But I like for real, for real. Like with the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just gonna circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick, so I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It don't, it don't mean much to me if I can't take care of the people that's around me, bro. Mm-hmm. So that's why I've also, like this year, like I've really made a, um, a resolution that I want to make sure that I'm there for the people around me. Because a lot of times I get so busy, people calling me, I'm like, nah, I'm not answering that. I got to do all this other extra stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's like, bro, like, if you're not picking up the phone for the people that you really, that's really there for you, your support system, like, what are we really doing? You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying that every single time I got to be there and pick up the phone and be there for people. But for the most part, it's like, the way I really think about it is like, I don't want the people around me to, to be neglected because of what it is that I'm doing. So if I'm doing, if I really say that this is what I'm about, like the people around me really got to receive that support as well as the people in the community. And maybe that, people, some people may say that's too much of a burden, but that's the way I see it, right? For real, for real. Because 
Man, like, yeah, that was that was a that was a that was a time for sure. Mm -hmm. That was a time for sure. I don't really think about that time too much, but I'm glad you brought it up because um, it really took me back to like what I had to do to to process that situation afterwards. Um, and then for any of, any of y'all that may be going through this, right? Because um, this is a solution based platform. I didn't really talk through too much of what I did, so I want to give you guys the game plan for anybody that has a friend that. If you ever have to deal with someone that has suicidal ideations, I kind of talked about it, or suicidal attempt, suicide attempt, whatever the case may be, right? So first thing you want to do is you want to make sure you get to them. You want to just talk to them, bro. I don't care what you're doing. If you're at work, home, whatever the case may be, get to them somehow or get somebody to get to them. You got to get to them. You can't just talk to them virtually like, nah, bro. They at a point right now where whatever you're saying to them, over the phone, whatever the case may be, that, that ain't enough. Sometimes it ain't even enough when you get to them. So you have to you have to be there and present, right? Next thing you want to do after that is you want to sit down with them and just give them some time, right? Like you want to pull them off whatever ledge that they're on, get them to a safe place, to a safe environment, and give them some time to surround them around people that they actually feel comfortable with because you want to get them to a point where they open up, right? You don't want to just have them uh, sitting there quiet. You want to get to them to a point where they open up and talk about what they're experiencing because suicide, like I always tell people is that becomes a solution for people that don't feel like they actually have a solution. It becomes a solution. It's like, this is my way out. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm dealing with so much, this is my way out, right? So, but the reason why they feel like that's the way out is because they're not actually really truly being able to express what they're dealing with. That's part of it, but they also don't have like a, a, a plan to like heal. So that, that first step to like healing is them talking. In order to get them talking, you got to get them to sit down and just be still for a little bit. And then you can open up the conversation like, yo, bro, what's going on? Like, what happened? That's literally the question you ask. Once they start talking, you let you listen, you listen, you listen, you offer your support however you can, but you also want to get them to the hospital. What's most likely going to happen when you get them to the hospital is they're most likely not going to be a suicide risk anymore. So they'll just get evaluated and get taken home. But the, the thing is, you want to at least get them evaluated because they could be dealing with some type of clinical depression where they need to take meds or some other type of depression where they need to take like antidepressants or whatever the case may be. But you won't know because you, you, you're not doing a psyche valve, right? So you want to make sure that you get them to a place where they can do that psyche valve so that they can have a plan of action moving forward where either it could be meds and therapy or just therapy or a support system of people around them, um, whatever the case may be. But those are the steps. Get to them, get them into a safe, a safe place, sit down with them, uh, make sure that they're around people that they feel comfortable with, and then ask them what's going on. As soon as they open up, you listen, listen to comprehend, you don't judge, you offer support and, and, and however you can, and then you get them to the hospital. And after you get them to the hospital, they do, they do the psyche eval. They stay there for like one, maybe one to three days, um, depending on how severe it is. Afterwards, you want to be part of the support system that checks in on them every so often just to see how they're doing. And you want to know what their healing plan is so that you can hold them accountable to that. So if they need to take antidepressants, you want to check in with them every so often to make sure that they're doing that. If they need to be in therapy, you want to check in with them every so often to make sure that they're, they're in therapy. And you want to see how you can show up um, that's how you want to, you want to show up in a way in which they can be, uh, supported and that's how you do it. So, um, yeah, man, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. Cause I brought up a very important, uh, important, important conversation, man. Mm -hmm. You know, so we talking about family being a, me being your brother, uh, their parents, all that kind of stuff. 
Um, one of the interesting things that that, I, that was really frustrating for me growing up with you is that I always felt like I wanted what you had. You get where you get where I'm coming from. What did I have? Let me let me explain. Right. <laughs> so let me explain. Right. So you're the youngest. Right. So yeah. you have a distinct advantage over everybody in the household just off the fact that you're the youngest. Right. And so for me, I never had a big brother growing up. Right. Like mm. I never had somebody that had made the mistakes before me that could put me on the game. Right. And so you had that. Like you've had me. Mm. Right. And so for me, it was frustrating because I'm like, nigga, I'm right here. Just talk to me, bro. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, bro, what's up? Like, let's just have a conversation so that I can try and point you in the right direction instead of you just banging your head against the wall until you figure it out. And that was very, like, that was very frustrating for me because I wasn't comfortable with you just making decisions on your, like, making decisions on your own. Mm-hmm. And it was hard for me to realize that you wanted to be your own man instead of, like, navigating life with having to ask me questions about every single thing. And, um, yeah, man, it just caused, it caused a lot. Like for me, it was very, it was very, 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 very frustrating growing up. Do you know where that came from? I, I do understand. No, but tell me though. I Um, understand though, but tell me. It was a a collection of a bunch of things. Mm -hmm. Uh, when we were younger, it was always Kofi and Kwame. Mm. It was never Kwame. Kofi. It was always Kofi and Kwame. Like it's Mm. just... It's like mm-hmm. you get one of them, you get both of them. You know, mm-hmm. it was like even package deal. from 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 middle school, it was like you made you made, you paved your way. Everybody knows me as Kofi's little brother. Mm-hmm. You know, then I went to then I went to Cambry Heights Academy, mm-hmm. was high school that you had went to. Mm-hmm. You know, I was trying to go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was trying to transfer. Mm-hmm. Everybody's like, "Oh, that nigga look like Kofi," mm-hmm. and then everybody's like, "Oh, that nigga, that's Kofi's little brother." I'm like, "Oh God, we're we're here again. <laughs> like, uh, we're back here again." It's like, damn, nigga, I'm trying to make my own name. I'm trying to make my own mistake. At a point, I was determined to make my own mistakes, bro. <laughs> like, like, I was determined, nigga, I ain't Kofi's little brother. I'm Millie. That's what y'all gonna know me as. I'm Millie, bro. <laughs> yeah, dude, I just wanted to fill my own shoes. Mm, you wanted you know? to get out of my shadow. Felt like we was sharing a, sharing a boot. <laughs> it's like, nah, I need my own kicks. Mm. Like, yeah, bro, that was, that was it. I was literally determined. Mm. To make mistakes at a point, bro. Okay. <laughs> like, literally. I respect, I respect the honesty, bro. I respect the honesty. You know what I want to talk to you about, too, though? So, recently, I went to Ghana. Mm-hmm. Um, beautiful, beautiful experience, bro. Of course, of course. Tell Ama- me more. Tell me more. Uh, amazing, amazing experience, bro. Um, I know you weren't able to make the trip. Able to make the trip. That's how you want to word it? <laughs> that's, that's what we want to do here? <laughs> That's for the cameras. That's the media train. (laughs) 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 Let's talk about it, bro. Tell me, take me through your experience, bro, because you didn't travel to Ghana. Why did why why was that the case? I I mean, for one, the trip was planned. I don't know how long the trip was planned for. Mm Uh, so I can't even speak on to that. But for real, I was just not in the house last month. Mm. I want to say the bulk of the trip and the majority of the planning was done last month when I wasn't here. You can tell me if that's true. You can tell me if that's false. No, continue. I'll talk about it. Go ahead. All right. So, yeah. Wasn't really aware. We were talking about doing a family trip for a while. 
my father always showed me pictures of him on alligator backs when he was younger. Mm-hmm. That was something I was incredibly interested in. I'm, I love animals. I love nature. I love the great outdoors. Mm-hmm. You know, that's Ghana's perfect for that, you mm-hmm. know? And I'm not really as cultured as, as I want to be. I don't know enough about my people, mm-hmm. like where we came from, mm-hmm. like my mm-hmm. name, even things like my name, you mm-hmm. know, I don't know enough about. So I just wanted to be, I just wanted to feel more connected to like my roots, mm-hmm. you know, more mm-hmm. than anything. I felt like that that would have that taught me a lot. You know, Ghana was always, like I said, when we were younger, it was presented to me as a fear tactic. Like mm-hmm. you might get sent to Ghana, mm-hmm. but knowing that I can go to Ghana and enjoy myself, it's something that would kind of like relieve a lot of like pressure off the back of my mind. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So I really, 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 really wanted to go. Mm. Uh, mm. Granted, when I came back to the house to talk to my father, maybe a, a couple of weeks after we left, he said he was going there for somebody that had recently passed away. Uh, and then later on, I hear, yeah, we on a flight to Ghana. Oh, no, you told me that we're going to Ghana. You told me you was going to Ghana. Mm. Oh. You're going to Ghana. You never told me that. I wasn't even invited. Like, mm. you know, granted, I wouldn't have been able to go. Mm. I would, it it would have been it would have been a no. I already told y'all earlier, I was on the train with nothing. <laughs> so it would have been no. Mm-hmm. But I just wanted to feel included enough. Mm. And I also go I, I included to make my own decision. Like, yeah, I can't go. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I'm just in the family chat two days prior. And it's like, all right, oh no, y'all on the flight. Like, yeah, we, we boarding the flight to Ghana now. I'm like, wow, y'all kick me out. Y'all go to Ghana. Y'all just having a fucking blast, aren't you? <laughs> like, yeah, like, and then that goal, that also goes back to me feeling outcasted. No, we nobody, you never went. <laughs> How the one month I'm not in the crib? Not niggas taking flights? <laughs> not niggas lit, huh? <laughs> That's crazy. And he told me he was going for a funeral. Like, nah, nah, niggas going. Niggas getting in touch with the roots. Kofi calling me. Kofi having a fucking blast. Kofi calling me having mad fun. I'm like, wow, this is crazy. <laughs> it just seemed real shady to me. And it mm. kind of like confirmed a lot of my suspicions. It made me feel like, yeah, I don't have to take this personal. But a few, some of the things that they're doing, they could have definitely done better. Mm. 100%. Mm-hmm. That's a fact. So let me break let me break down a Ghana trip. So the Ghana trip was something that we planned uh multiple years. Like we was like, oh, we're gonna do it this year, then we didn't end up doing it. Then we were like, are we gonna do it this year? We end up doing it. So last year was when we really got started. So we started to get serious about it. Last mm-hmm. year, 2022, we started getting serious about like, let's go to Ghana. And we were supposed to go to Ghana last year, September, or something around that time. Were you privy to those conversations? Uh, Pre-COVID? No, during COVID, when we couldn't 2022, go. 2022, last yeah. year. Yeah, I remember. I remember that. Were yeah. you? Do you remember those conversations? Yeah, we couldn't go because it was it was, it was was COVID time. That was prime COVID, right? Okay. I mean, that's part of it, I guess, kind of. Well, that's what I was what aware of. What did you of. say in response to going to Ghana? Oh, yeah. I told him I was going to be in school. <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> say that again. You told him what? School. Okay, you told you're gonna be in school. Yeah. Were you in school? Was I in school? Uh, what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> no, I wasn't in school. I you were in not school. in school, right? Mm-hmm. So, Daddy, at that point, he's tight because he's thinking to myself. He's thinking to himself. We're supposed to be going to Ghana. You said you was going to. You said you're supposed to be in school, which is why you couldn't go. So now I'm not including you in the plans because you said you're gonna be in school. But then now I want to, he's rescheduling it to February. And they also know that you're, you're getting kicked out. 
in January, mm-hmm. and you're going to need your bread. So for them, at that point, it's like, why are we even going to include him? Granted, I'm not saying what they, what they how the conversation... I'm not saying that is right. Mm-hmm. To still have the conversation, I'm just trying to get you to understand their thought process. And I feel like you and daddy need to have a conversation. I was telling daddy that too. I was like, yo, bro, you got to call this man. No, you got to have a conversation, man. Because he has a whole different thought process on it. For him, he feels like he told you about it. Mm-hmm. And I know for you, you feel the complete opposite. So while we was out there, I'm like, yo, bro, you know, that's not how Kwame feels, right? And he's like, really? But no, because I told Kwame, da 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 blah, blah. And I'm like, nah, bro. You got to call him. He's like, nah, you're right. Because I've been out here for a minute and I haven't actually called him. So that's wrong of me. Mm-hmm. He definitely said that to me. So, yeah. I, I just wanted to, to break that whole situation down so that you understand. It's not like they were like, man, fuck Kwame. I ain't, we ain't bringing him to mm-hmm. Ghana. It's more so, there's a lot of stuff going on. The funeral was happening. It was, things kind of getting planned a little bit fake last minute. And then in their head, it's like, yo, he's not going to have the capacity to come anyway. We're not going to stress him out with this. Yeah. You feel me? Yeah, I get it. Me, me personally, just wanted to be included. That's no, it. Understand. And the inclusion, Underst- that's un- it. Un- understood. Understood, bro. There's a lot of different conversations that need to be had. I think the main thing, though, is that there being space to have that conversation. Do you feel right now like you're in a space where you can talk to them more? Yeah, because I'm not home. Mm. What is not being home done for you that makes you feel like you can have that conversation with them? I don't know. I just have a peace of mind where I'm at now. Interesting. It's just different. My room is a lot smaller. It's a different space. You know, I just feel a little bit more free. So you think so? One would say that kicking you out may have worked out well. Yeah. And my friends are telling me, like, you know, bro, this this probably gonna be the best thing for you. Mm. Like two, three was telling me that, you know. Interesting. Telling me, bro, this this probably the best thing for you, bro. Like you probably, you know, getting kicked out. Um, it'll probably help your relationship, Tiara too. Okay. You know. Cause I was staying with one of my friends, and she she's going through all of this at a way younger age mm-hmm. than I have, you know. Not and you know she was able to like kind of guide me, mm-hmm. so I can see why you would feel weird being that you going through something, mm-hmm. and I'm not trying to really, I'm not really trying to pick up where you left off or you know, learn from your mistakes, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. because I literally learned from from what she was telling me. Mm. So, yeah. But you know, the reason why you got to that point where you had to learn from what she was telling you is because it became important for your survival. Mm. You are the, like, what we realized, we, me being a third parent, right, is that you couldn't learn in the house. Like, what we, me being third parent at that time, right, what we were trying to do is like, yo, Learn these lessons so that you don't have to go out in the real world and learn them. Because mm-hmm. the real world is going to be harder than what it'll be in the house. So learn how to take care of your, your space. Learn how to prioritize, um, like, doing what you need to do. Learn how to manage your money, manage your time, all that kind of stuff. While you are in the crib, so that when it's time for you to be self-sufficient, you can be self-sufficient. But as we go going through these conversations and trying to teach these lessons and all these different kind of things it's like every which way we look it's like you don't give a fuck bro and it was blatant you get what I'm saying like mm-hmm. it was blatant it's like you really just didn't care bro so for them they started getting nervous as they started getting nervous like nervous like you're not going to be able to, to take care of yourself I was getting nervous 
You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm like, yo, bro, God forbid something happened to them. I'll tell you this all the time. Like, God forbid something happened to them. I'm good. I can go find a crib. I'll be straight. You know what I'm saying? But you, ee, you know what I'm saying? Like, it was that, that's what we was thinking. Like, eh, is he going to be all right? You know what I'm saying? Like, is he going to be okay? And I used to hate that. Why? Why'd you hate that? like... What's wrong with y'all? Y'all, 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 don't, y'all don't know. Y'all don't know me well enough to know that I'm gonna take care of myself. Here's the thing, though, Kwame. Here's the thing, bro. Like, you gotta understand where we were at, and and I think right now you feel comfortable taking care of yourself because you're outside of the house and you've done it, but you hadn't done it before. Had you? No, you hadn't. So how is anybody expect? How is anybody gonna know? Yeah, this this guy can take care of himself if you've never shown the capacity to actually take care of yourself. When we leave you alone in the crib, what's happening? I'm getting high. You're getting high? You doing parties? Crib fucked up when people come back? Wait, no, the crib not fucked up. I, I, I cleaned the crib up. That's one thing I cleaned up. What what broke? No, you can not say it. broke, but in terms of the what they're looking for and what was done, it wasn't to the standard. You get what I'm saying? No, never to the standard. No, no, no. <laughs> go ahead, I, go ahead. I, I, go I get ahead. where you're coming from, mm-hmm. but you also have to understand where I'm coming from and where they're coming from. Mm-hmm. It's like they will leave, and these are the times in which there's like, all right, extra responsibilities on you. We're going to see how you operate. And then it's like, nigga, you come back, you got party that happened, neighbors talking about all these things that was going on, got still gar- some garbage left on the side of the house. You know what I'm saying? So for them, they and people smoking, some people may have been smoking inside the house. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. for them, it's like, this is a sign of irresponsibility. You can't follow instructions. If you was on your own and you did this, you would probably get kicked out of your apartment complex. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Or you would have to face some type of some type of penalties. And this is where, where it becomes like, we're trying to teach you these things in the crib so that you don't have to learn it outside because we don't want you to make all these mistakes outside on your own because that could be a problem for you. But that became like, it's what will end up happening is that they they were trying so hard to teach you things inside the crib that it's like you can't even make a mistake. You know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. when you make a mistake, it's like, oh my god, if you, if he did this, he's not gonna be able to survive. Yep. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But all of that is out of fear and then the thought that you're not gonna be able to take care of yourself. So I I do feel like I. At this point, like hearing from you, um, I do feel like it was the best in the long term because it's giving you the space to like be in your own individuality and also see what the world, what the real world is actually like. Mm-hmm. Like you've gotten that like in the short amount of time that you've been out there. Like there's a lot of things that you've learned, even things that you're not even realizing that you've learned that you that you actually have taken away. Um, and when that was one of my, that was one of my biggest experiences is uh, dorming, when I was dorming in college. Like, mm-hmm. that taught me a lot about myself and a lot about how to take care of myself as a man. Like, I think every man has to go and live on his own. Um, even if you're going to live with your parents, you got to take some time to live by yourself and just see how things are so that you don't take things for granted. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, you were telling me the other day, what you told me you took for granted? You said something. You were something real small. I'm like, bro I, t- yo, bro, I took that for granted. You said something, bro. I'm trying to remember. I can't remember. I don't know. 
Was it toilet tissue? I want to say it was toilet tissue because I was thinking something in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. So I want to say it was toilet tissue. It was toilet tissue. You said, man, I, tissue, son. you said, man, I took toilet tissue for granted. I took toilet tissue for granted. And you know what's so funny? I took toilet tissue for granted too. When I went to college and I started using toilet tissue out there. It's rough. Bro, when I got to use a bathroom, I got to share that bathroom because you in a dorm with a bunch of other dudes and everybody has one bathroom and I'm sharing that bathroom. And the only toilet tissue we have is that one ply toilet tissue that they got inside the bathroom stall. I'm Horrible. like, bruh, toilet Horrible. tissue breaking off in your damn hand? Breaking that off t- somewhere worse. Dizzy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's breaking, <laughs> it's, yeah. It's, it's, it's breaking off somewhere worse, man. Hey. When that toilet tissue break off there, you like, God damn it! <laughs> I need that strumming! Ultra strong, eh? Fuck, man. But that's really what it is, though. And those are the moments that you really start learning about life. Like, yo, I really took this shit for granted. Mm-hmm. Used to be in my parents' crib running through the toilet tissue. Crushing mm-hmm. it. Nigga, I don't give a fuck. Paper towel. Less is more, nigga. More is more. Nigga, I'm gonna use more. <laughs> I don't give a fuck about this shit at all. You got to school, bro. You using that one ply? Terrible. Bro, it's crazy, but it teaches you though. Like those are some of the moments where I learned the most. Like, bro, I really take all this, for, I took all of this for granted in the crib. All of this. You know what I'm saying? But like that's why I say a, a man has to really live by himself and really see all these different experiences. Cause there's a lot of dudes that you grow up and you living alone, you living with your parents, and there's so much stuff that your parents do for you that you really don't. See until you move out. It's so much stuff. Like, bro, like just even as simple as doing laundry. Like when we was growing up, that laundry was done for us. Mm-hmm. Mommy would do it, put it in the basket, come to our room. We just got fold the clothes, ready fold. All we got to do is put it away. Half the time, we ain't even do that. Yep. You get what I'm saying? So when I got to college, I'm like, damn, I got to do my laundry. I got to I gotta wash my laundry. For, I got I to gotta buy the laundry detergent. I got to know what detergent to buy. And I got to buy dryer sheets. Then I gotta wash it and dry it and fold it and put it away? Oh, hell no. That whole experience right there teaches you about life. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It teaches you so much. You gotta be, you gotta know what when it's time to wash your clothes, how often you gotta wash your clothes. You gotta hold yourself accountable to doing that. Then you gotta be organized enough to, to fold it and put it away. That small thing right there, and you have so many of those packed on when you live by yourself mm-hmm. to the point where you can't help, you can't help but grow, or you're gonna be a bum, basically. Yeah, literally. For real. So, like, I understand like the frustration that goes with it, but that's the reason why I want to have you on the pod, because I feel like you're at a place right now where you can see why and you've learned a lot through the experience. Would you say, would you say that's a true, a true statement? Yeah, I can't disagree with that. Can't disagree with that, but you don't like the way you don't like how it, it, what it's taking for you to get here. You don't like the process. No, I okay. don't. But hey, man, results <laughs> are results. I'm not the type. Of, I don't focus on the past. I don't do it in the past. Mm-hmm. You know, I just trying to look ahead. Mm-hmm. Like, what can I do for myself now? Mm-hmm. Or what can I do for myself tomorrow? That's gonna help me. Okay. Or continue to help me. Okay. So, what want- they did for me last month or the month before it helped me today. Mm-hmm. Mm. You know, so you know, it's no hard feelings. So would you would you thank them for that? Well, no, no, no thanks. <laughs> you dragging it now? You dragging it? <laughs> I ain't thinking nobody. You ain't thinking of that now. I'm thinking myself, man. Yeah, think not nah, for real. Do thank yourself. I hope you pat yourself on the back, bro. I'm proud of you. Mm-hmm. I am proud of you for real, though. I told you this even before you got kicked out, though. I always told you, I, well, not always, but I've told you I've, I'm proud of you, though. Mm-hmm. 
that's another thing I want to talk to you about. Growing up, you feel like you you heard that enough? No. Mm. I mean, mm. I told you, I we go. I was whenever you ask me that question, I go back to the graduation when we were graduating, mm. and then um, mommy was looking at daddy wasn't there. I forgot why, but mommy was looking at uh, everybody getting awards on my graduation day, and she's just like, "You sh you should be getting these awards too." <laughs> Like mommy, I'm graduating. <laughs> it's like, like, what, what else, bro? Like, I'm graduating. Damn, I ain't get it or not. Now I gotta feel bad about the fact that I graduated, but I didn't graduate with an award. Mm. You know. So no, I definitely feel like I didn't hear that. I don't think I ever heard that from daddy before. I'm proud of you. Yeah, I don't think I ever heard him say that. I'm proud of you. No, you don't feel like I you don't think I ever heard him say that. I'm trying to think. What has that? What? How do you feel like that's affected you? Oh. Uh, I don't feel like I search for his gratitude or I search for his like approval. Mm -hmm. But I definitely feel like if I heard it a little bit more, like I'd be able to handle the pressure that's placed on me a little bit more. I'll mm. say it's like I I know that he supported me, you know. Mm -hmm. I know mm -hmm. that he he's in my corner in some way, shape, or form. Mm. But it always felt like he was so far left because I made so many mistakes. Mm. So it's like maybe all he could see is the mistakes, even if I am doing something right. Mm. He all one thing he always told me that I did right was you know communication. Like I was always a people person. He says that you're not much of a people person and stuff like that. Who me? Yeah, he says that's the one thing he'll give me. You mm. know, like talking to people, mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. connecting with people and stuff mm -hmm. like that. He always says I'll give you that. Mm. But hey, bro, look, you're doing a damn good job. <laughs> For me. I, I'm telling you, when I do these podcasts, I turn the social the social button on. As soon as I get out this shit, I turn the social media. Yeah, off. they don't really know you. You in just meetings and 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 uh, straight meetings and and gym, bro. People don't know. People think I'm lying when I say when I say I, I don't know. People think I'm lying or I'm capping, bro. I am not a social person. You are way more social than me. Like if if we and growing up, if anybody was to say like, yo, who do you think was doing a podcast between Kofi and Kwame? They would say you ten times out of ten. Mm -hmm. Cause I have no interest in talking to people, at all. I see people and I go the other way. Like on a on a regular day, I try my hardest. And I want people to understand this. I try my hardest to minimize interactions with people. I try my absolute hardest. You know, in college, you know this is this is a true story. There was this one time in college. I'm walking in a building, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm going to a room, I'm going to one of my classrooms and I walked past this hallway and I saw there was a person in the hallway and I had to say hi and we just had like a little small talk as I'm walking past them. We, I didn't even stop, I didn't even stop. On my way out of class, I went a whole completely different route to get back to my room out of the building because I didn't want to pass that person again and go through the small talk again. And that's just, that's not a one-off scenario. I literally did that multiple times throughout college, and I do that to this day. I order in advance. I order Instacart. I say, leave it by the door. I don't even care if the order right. I just don't even want to talk to you. If the order not right, I'll order it again. Shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. I don't even want to talk to you. It's not that I have anything against people. I just don't like talking to people. When I know I got to get on the phone and have a conversation with somebody, that's like one of the worst. Bro, I literally have to prep myself for that sometimes. Like, a lot of times, bro. I had to prep myself for phone call conversations. Like not with family and friends, but like if I'm calling like a, a hot, like I got to call a line or something like that. 
like a customer service line or something like that. I really got to prep myself to do that. It's like a, it's, I hate, that's like one of my worst tasks. I hate that with mm -hmm. a passion. So when I tell people like, yo, bro, I really come in, I turn the social button on and I turn it off when it's like, once I get out of here, that is true. True. Like for real, Naima will tell you. Like I got to do it with her too. When you know, cause you know Naima loves partying and doing a bunch of different stuff, right? Mm -hmm. So when it when it's with her and we got to go and be social, I have to turn the button on. And sometimes with her, my battery runs out and we got to figure it out, figure out what we're going to do because I can't just be sitting tight in the middle of an event while she's, you know, doing what she needs to do. So, yeah, bro, like I have, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, uh, extroverted introvert, I think, mm -hmm. where I can be extrovert and I can come off as I'm extroverted and people can think I'm a people person, but in, tr in actuality, I'm probably one of the biggest introverts that you will meet. It's just that I'm in a, a field in which I have to be extroverted in order for me to be successful. So, yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that because, yeah, man, I am not, this, this is, this, podcast I do not want to, I don't want to talk to people like I'll talk to you you know you my bro we have conversations all the time I love talking to you like yeah. I love you you know what I'm saying but not not people bro oh I said I love you on the podcast bro yo another news Julius Randle just hit a game winner Julius Randle hit a game winner yeah pull it uh, up I, I, I mean you don't, got the, you don't got the highlight on who on the on the on the, on the heat yeah we just won by two we just won by two? Yeah. Over oh, Julius Randle game winner? He, he had a three? Th yeah, it was 119-120. Oh, my God. Yeah, on the pod. It don't matter oh where I'm at, bro. Oh, my God. I need to talk about my Knicks. We hooping. Yeah. <laughs> we hooping. <laughs> nah, <laughs> we hard, though. Too. Nah, for real, for real, we, we didn't have no choice but to be Knicks fans growing up. <sighs> we didn't have no choice but to be Knicks fans growing up because our dad, every all the time he's watching Knicks games, bro. All the time, bro. Nah, man. I knew I was missing a good game. I'm going to go home and watch the highlights. Yeah, of course, for sure. Nah, that's a great win. That's a big win, bro. That's eight in a row. That's a big win. That's eight in a row. We could turn this into first take. Nah, facts. <laughs> nah, facts. We definitely could. But nah, you know, I think what's more important, though, we talk about what you do. Because we didn't even, I didn't even tell people what you do to start the episode off. Yeah. That's a big mistake on my end. But please tell people what you do, bro. Well... I'm a musician. I okay. want to just say I'm an artist now. Because mm -hmm. I don't like to put myself in a box no more. Mm -hmm. When I was at first, I started off rapping. Mm -hmm. uh, when I felt like I got comfortable enough with that, I used to look at the people that's like recording the songs and engineering and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I'd be like, I don't, I don't like the fact that I don't understand what he's doing there. Mm. Like, you know, I want to know what he's doing there. So I started engineering. Mm -hmm. Now I started engineering and I'm doing beats and stuff like that. I want to know why I want to do this beat. Why am I doing this beat? Mm -hmm. So then I started producing. Okay. I would say I'm I'm a rapper producer now okay. more than an engineer. Okay. But I can do all three. Mm. I'm, I, I want to say I'm well versed in the in the musical, in the musical arts. But yeah, I'm definitely a rapper producer. Okay. Yeah. How I love to been, make music. How long you been producing for? Uh, I would say about a year now. Okay. You know, and it's come from me being around a lot of great influences. The number one he here right now, two three hundred. You know, Yay. I done watched him make a bunch of great beats in front of me. You know, really great producer. <laughs> I want to say... In Hollywood. 
he like to try and act like he humble, mm-hmm. but he gonna leave here and talk about he having this and having that. Mm-hmm. Don't let him fool you. Yeah, I know. Son. I know. Don't let him fool you. I know. I've seen the Instagram <laughs> post with the rollout. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You respect my. Gotta respect my rollout. Uh-huh, Eleven yeah. p.m. out now. Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> Go get that. Eleven p.m. Two three hundred. That's his. That's his. Uh, that's his work. We're gonna talk about your work right now, though, too. Yeah. Let's talk about some of the things that you've done. So yeah, nah, I got a collab project with him, okay. 236. Mm-hmm. You know, I got, I just dropped something called B4247. That's like a prelude to what we're about to come out with, you know, because mm-hmm. we work real closely together, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say the song that people gravitated towards the most when I when I released it was Damn, a song of me and Sammy. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. but I work closely mm-hmm. with 23 and Cade, mm-hmm. Call Up Tay. Mm-hmm. You know, those are my, those are really my guys. Okay. My son, Ja. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Show. Shout out to Oz. You know, AMG. Mm-hmm. You know, that's hey. like the full team right there. Avo, mm-hmm. who's giving me, who gives me a space Kate. to record. Kate. I said Kato. Hey, I said Kato already. Right, yeah. Cool, cool, cool. yeah, of course. You know, they give me a space to record. I feel like, am I missing somebody? I probably am, but you know, it's all love. It's all, it's all good. <laughs> it's all love. It's all good. One thing I wanted to mention, for anybody that's listened to the podcast in its entirety, the outro song. And the YouTube video outro song, mm. that's by you. Yeah. People don't know that. People don't know that. Like and that, that, song, was, that song is you. That was a powerful song because that came, and that's why I wanted to bring it, that's why I brought it to Suicide. Okay. That came, I made that song maybe a day or two after the suicide. Really? Yeah, a part the of that, suicide attempt. The suicide attempt, okay, yes. yes. Sorry, right. let me make that clear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, mm-hmm. I made that song, and I was trying to think about all the emotions, everything I learned that day. That day, I'll never forget. It was mainly because of what you said after, though. Like, you know, like, I take on these problems. I learned more about you that day. Mm. You know, the type of guy you are. Mm. It's like a lot of people just talk it. You know, mm. it's different, like, off the camera. Like, right. when the camera's not rolling, what type right. of guy is good? What type of guy are you? Right. You know? So I was right. just like, you know? Mm-hmm. Even it's- as a brother, I learned. So it's like, yeah. these people got to understand that this this is real, you know, yeah. what you're doing here. This comes, yeah. this comes from a real place. Mm-hmm. And it's like I'm glad that you're you're able to just stretch your arms out through these cameras and like you know touch people mm. in their homes or wherever they at mm. you know and mm. people that might have wanted to commit suicide yesterday you know they could have they could have seen some of your work and they don't want to commit suicide today so you know also you gotta you gotta stop and smell the roses sometimes as well you know damn bro. You want me to cry with you? <laughs> nah, I don't. You scripted that out or something? You nah, wrote that down? Bro. You wrote that out? Listen, bro, I'm a talker, bro. I'm a smooth talker. It's like I've been here before. Nah, bro, Ain't nah. I, pre- I appreciate <laughs> that, bro. Nah, for real, man. I was just talking about this where, um, like, I really do care about the people that we serve. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is not just, oh, we're going to run something up, build a, build a, build a, a platform and get money out of it. Like, nah, if that was the case, I'd have just been running ads from Jump. Mm-hmm. And figuring out ways in which I could put out products that I could sell quickly, you get what I'm saying. So um, I appreciate you saying that, but I know people. I know people could feel it, but I, I, I definitely do appreciate you saying that because mm-hmm. it's real, man. Like I really do think about these things. I do build. Um, I do try my hardest to make sure we're building things that's really going to help people. Like even before I came here, I was building the back end for the new system that we're going to have that's going to help black men that are inside a safe haven. And for mm-hmm. those of y'all that don't know, Safe Haven is the holistic healing platform that we have that connects black men with healing resources. Um, so we got meditation, wellness experts in there. We got therapists in there. Um, we got a variety of different like group group sessions and groups that help black men. We got 200 
plus black men that are in there right now. Um, so if you're interested in that, we just uh, pause enrollment. We have a wait list. If you want to sign up for that, it's www.expressyourselfblackman.com slash safe dash haven dash waitlist. You can sign up for that. Um, you can also click the link in our bio and you get access to it. So if you click the link in our bio on Instagram um, or TikTok, you'll get access to the links and then you just click join safe haven waitlist um, and you could join up now. So we have over 200, 300 people in there. Um, make sure that you you sign up because you'll be one of the first people to know when enrollment opens. And I'm trust and believe me, um, whatever slots we have will get filled. So if you're not on that wait list, don't play yourself. Do not play yourself. Make sure that you get on that wait list. Um, I was telling people like, bro, I want to make sure that people get the best quality care and service um, inside of the platform, whether that be on the free platform, Express Yourself Black Man, or inside of Safe Haven. So. I want to build things out the right way. You know what I'm saying? Like mm -hmm. I could I could take the the pause off of the safe haven enrollment and just have people coming in paying for a certain amount, paying a certain amount and not getting the level of care that I know that they deserve. But I'm not going to do that. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. I really do actually care about people and the care that they receive. I care about these black men, right? Like I want them to receive the best quality care and safe haven. And so that's why I pause it and make sure that we're building out the the functionality the right way because we deserve that like we deserve that when when something is built for a black man like we deserve to be prioritized and taken care of the same way things are built out for other people mm -hmm. and i noticed that a lot of times we don't get that level of care and that level of excellence it's just like all right cool we're gonna do this thing for black men but fuck it they'll they need it, so they'll they'll come regardless. Like, nah, bro. Like, market it properly, build it out properly, brand it properly. Like, put some put some type of level of of effort into it. Don't just say just because for black men, you're gonna just throw it out there all willy nilly, and they'll just come because you feel like you built it out properly. Like, nah, bro. Make sure you put every single like uh, every single piece of, of care and quality into that because we deserve that as well. And I just feel like sometimes we get the short end of the stick when these products are built out. Like we're either not prioritized or even when we are at the center of things, people are just like, whatever, you'll just, you'll take it. We're offering the service, just take it because you need it. Like, nah, bro, mm -hmm. like, nah, make sure that we, make sure that even if it's something that we need, that you put a certain level of 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 quality in that as well. We deserve that. And yeah. that's why, I'm, that's what I'm doing in Safe Haven with the platform. And I know people feel that. So I appreciate you saying that, bro, man. Mm -hmm. Please, uh, this has been a dope episode. Can you tell people where to find you, how they can support you, all that, all that good stuff? Well, I'm on all platforms. I'm also on SoundCloud. Um, I'm on YouTube. Uh, most recent song that came out is on uh, 11 p.m. It's 2400. It's a collaborative song with me and 2-3, produced by 2-3. You know, it's both of us rapping, partially mixed by me and Ja. Uh, my name is Mellow Mills on SoundCloud, Apple Music, capital M's, two L's, no Z. It's an S. Mellow Mills, no Z. You know, but yeah, mm -hmm. that's how you can find Where me. Where they can you know. find you on IG? Uh, Mellow Mills underscore underscore Mellow Mills. Okay. Same thing, basically, okay. and that's every that's for everywhere. Okay. So yeah, you got anything coming up that you want to talk about? Do I have anything coming up that I want to talk about? I'm actually gonna drop when this episode airs. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna put the song out. Okay. So okay, the outro could, song that they'll be listening to. You yeah. Play. 
So that's really what I want to promote here because I know this audience is more for healing and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to say all my music is geared towards that. No, it's not. So, but I can... I like your music though. Yeah. And it doesn't need to be geared towards healing. Mm -hmm. Of course. These are black men that listen to this. They listen to... Trap. Exactly, which is what you make. All right, all right. Come on, what the the ER? Damn, God damn, bro. Jesus. Oh my God, bro. Nah, this guy's crazy. But nah, I get, yeah, I get what you, I get where you're coming from. They listen to Trap. One thing that, one song that I'll promote on here, that's my favorite song. You probably know. Camped Out. Exactly. Yeah. Mellow Mills, Camped Out. Go look that up and enjoy. Mm -hmm. Camped Out, C A M P E D, out. Mellow Mills. Express yourself, black man. Outro coming soon, though. Yeah, outro is coming soon for sure, bro. I appreciate you for Thank sure. You. Anytime, we'd we'll love to Thank come you. back. We gonna we gonna definitely chop it up again. We we got some things that we could talk about for, for sure. sure. All right, y'all. See, I'm in a suit. I am never in a suit, but today is a special day. We just signed a contract with two black organizations. They're gonna offer therapy and medical care to Safe Haven and the Express Yourself Black Man platform. We're partnering with both. Whole Brother Mission and the Healthcare Plug. I'm gonna have Malik, the CEO of Whole Brother Mission, and Simone from the Healthcare Plug explain exactly what that partnership means. I'm Malik Blade, CEO of the Whole Brother Mission. We are a nonprofit offering mental health services to black men nationwide. We have a network of over 3,000 mental health professionals. We're offering exclusive low price for therapy to members of Safe Haven and free group therapy. All you need to do is join the low cost therapy group. And there's more. We're not just focused on your mental health, we're focused on creating a space for holistic healing. So I'm about to pass it over to Simone so she can tell you how the Healthcare Plug is doing that. Hey, I'm Simone Kenyon, CEO of the Healthcare Plug, the nation's first medical concierge service for black and brown communities. Our goal is to increase the access that marginalized groups have to the highest healthcare quality possible. Of our partnership with Express Yourself Black Man, we're offering free round trip transportation, assistance with getting signed up for affordable insurance plans and physician referrals. So we'll get you plugged in with black and brown doctors in your area. All you have to do is sign up for Safe Haven and join the medical concierge group. Safe Haven is the only platform where black men can get access to a support network of other black men that can relate to exactly what they're going through. And on top of that, they get access to low cost therapy, the free medical concierge service, free group therapy, and a personal finance group with information on how you can take your situation financially to the next level. So at this point, why are you not in Safe Haven? So if you're ready to start taking your healing and your life seriously into the next level, join Safe Haven. The link is in my bio. Too. No, you need to hear it, my brother, I love you We got way too much to live for We got way too much to live for